This is Symposium. After I finished the book, I wanted to know exactly what the truth behind that was. Krishna opens his mouth and she looks at his mouth and she sees the whole universe. If you go back and watch Friends, they never talk about politics. And it's not a big surprise, but it's kind of like, really? Like, it never came up? He had to reevaluate his whole student senate and they, he straight up told them we need to reevaluate ourselves and check ourselves. Which is fascinating and wonderful in so many different ways. Thank you for listening to the Eastern Echo Podcast. My name is Kylie Gilligan. This episode is a continuation of the series we here at the podcast are producing to highlight EMU's 40th Undergraduate Symposium. The Undergraduate Symposium is an opportunity for Eastern students to showcase exceptional research and creative projects after being nominated by a professor. Due to the COVID-19 outbreak and the forced closure of EMU's campus, the symposium was canceled. We wanted to give students the chance to share their hard work and give others the opportunity to learn what these amazing students have found. As I said earlier, this is a series, so if you haven't listened to our previous episodes, please do. Lee Young was one of the EMU students excited to present at the symposium. Last year, she spoke on her paper titled The Genocide of the Highlanders, the Jacobite Rebellion of 1745. This year, her focus was on the Civil War and where Ypsilanti's residents sat on the issue of freeing the slaves. My name's Lee Young. I am a senior. I'm graduating in, I guess, a week. I am a double major in history and literature. So the very first historical aspect of, of anything that I was interested in was the Civil War. Uh, when I was 15, my, I was homeschooling. I homeschooled the last few years of high school. So when I was 15, my mom has always had the opinion that the best way to get somebody interested in history is to give them a historical novel. So she actually gave me Gone with the Wind. And, and I was really into it. I thought it was beautifully written and I just, there was just a connection I felt with the Civil War in general. I didn't know that much about it prior to that. So after I finished the book, I wanted to know exactly what the history behind the book was. I wanted to know, obviously, Gone with the Wind is written with a very Southern sympathetic kind of perspective. So I wanted to know what the truth behind that was, what the true reasons for the war being fought were. So that was always kind of my first passion project when it came to history. Uh, And then when we were going to go down into the archives, the second that Dr. Murphy told me that there were Civil War documents down there, I was just instantly like, yeah, that's definitely what I want to look into. Lee worked with faculty advisor Mary Elizabeth Murphy and accessed EMU's extensive historical archives to conduct her research. We went into the archives at Eastern, and I focused specifically on the Michigan Civil War section. And... Uh, so I wrote my paper. It was called uh, The Battlefront Back Home, How Ypsilanti Really Felt About Fighting to Free the Slaves. So I focused on uh, newspaper articles primarily that were put out by the Detroit Free Press and uh, kind of the overall feeling that was going on from 1860 to the end, you know, 1865, 1866 regarding the war and the opinions uh, regarding the slaves and the free blacks in particular. So there were two of us studying the Civil War. So we were kind of sharing the archives at first, 
but then as I was kind of researching what was physically, what was physically there, I realized that the direction that I wanted my paper to take, it would be better for me to use the digital archives, uh, which like I mentioned, I used the, uh, the newspaper archival records that we had. And so the other girl who was working with the physical archives was able to use everything that was, that was physically there in the archives herself. So for me, it was, a process that took a couple of months because I had to really go through all of these different articles, you know, write keywords in there to try and really limit what I was looking for to the specificity of the slaves or the free blacks. And it was pretty time consuming just because after pulling everything out and printing it out, then I had to go back through and really kind of fit everything into my paper itself, which was 14 or 15 pages by the end of it. So it definitely took a couple of months in total. So a lot of people don't, I think, fully understand Ipsy's role in the Civil War and Michigan in general. Can you just touch briefly on that? Sure. So obviously Michigan was a union state. uh, So we fought You know, we fought for Abraham Lincoln. We fought against the South. I think that the misconception that people have, which is why I was interested in writing this, is I think people typically think of the North as just, it was just this one big part of the country that was just anti-slavery. Everybody wanted to free the slaves. Everybody wanted emancipation. And that was just completely false. That's a false narrative. It was not the way that people felt. Uh, One really interesting thing I found when I was researching was there was a master's thesis that somebody here at Eastern wrote about 10 years ago or so, maybe 15. And the title of his project was, We Come Not to War on Opinions. I'm sorry, let me me find it really quickly. We come not to war on opinions, but to suppress treason. So that, and that statement, that title came from a group of women. They were called the Ypsilanti ladies. And they actually sewed a flag that said that we come not to war on opinions, but to suppress treason that, that uh, one of the initial uh, armies from Ypsilanti took out into battle with them. And I think that right there kind of says it all. They're saying through that flag, we're not coming here to war against slavery, which they're calling an opinion. That's a Southern opinion versus a Northern opinion. We're here to preserve the union. We're here to keep the country together. We don't have you know, a dog in that fight when it comes to slavery. And that was really the attitude that a lot of people in Ypsilanti had. So we did have several units that came out of Ypsilanti with a lot of um, soldiers that came from the normal college, which was what Eastern was called before they changed its name uh, to Eastern University. There were uh, a lot of young, you know, citizens or young male citizens from Eastern that went and fought in the war itself. But Ypsilanti, so far as being any kind of voice for emancipation or freedom for African Americans, it just it, it wasn't. It that's just a false narrative. I wasn't terribly surprised. A lot of what I found out. Uh, I mean, I did already have previous Civil War knowledge, so I went into this already knowing that the Union was not, you know, a, a, a an army full of you know, anti-slavery men so that none of that really surprised me. What I did think was interesting that I found out was that in spite of everything that I've just told you, 
uh, Ypsilanti was actually a stop on the Underground Railroad. I don't specifically know uh, which buildings, if they even are still standing, were used for that, but I do know that the city itself was a stop along the Underground Railroad, uh, which, if you think about it, really shouldn't be surprising because of our proximity to Canada and so many of the runaway slaves from the South were on their way to Canada, not just to the North of the United States, but to learn that Ypsilanti specifically was a part of that given how kind of anti-Black so much of their sentiment was really surprised me a little. Wow, yeah, that is interesting. I think actually the podcast was going to do an episode before school <laughs> was canceled um, about the Underground Railroad and Ypsi's role, because I know there is still several buildings standing and I think they have a Underground Railroad tour um, that one of the local churches puts on. There's actually, yeah, I just read recently, this was also after school went out, that there was a history student at Eastern, I'm not sure who, who actually uh, interviewed uh, the a couple that owns a house in Canton, which I grew up in Canton, so I've seen this house my entire life. I think I actually have even been in the house at one point, but it's just this random house that sits off of Warren, and apparently they don't have proof, but they're almost positive that this house was a stop on the Underground Railroad, because I guess there is some marker outside near the mailbox or something, and apparently like a clover or something, and apparently that marker that's out there was once uh, used to determine whether or not a house was friendly for runaway slaves or not. So this whole area uh, was likely, you know, because Canton's not far from Ipsy. So the whole area of this part of southeastern Michigan was likely home to several stops, I would imagine. Though Lee focused on history for her research, she feels it's important to take what happened years previously and understand how it relates to and influences life today. It, I think that we're starting to have conversations more now because of social media and so much of what we see now with the violent police stops, the deadly police stops, uh, the incarceration rates of blacks versus whites, particularly black men versus white men. Um, but I do think that there is this misconception again that with the end of slavery came the end of racism and the and you know with the end of Jim Crow came the end of segregation and that is just so completely false. Just there is still so much systemic racism that exists, particularly within the penal system, that it seems, and this is what I touched on in my paper, it seems that we went from enslaving people technically to re-enslaving them in prison and using the prison system, not just, you know, having people physically locked up, but locked up within the probation and the parole system. You know, we set these men up for failure after arresting and incarcerating them for things that we would never incarcerate white men for. And I think that we need to really take a look from the time slavery began in the United States through now and really take a look at what our role has been in the destruction of the Black race in terms of their their ability to live like every other citizen, every other white citizen of the, you know, the United States. And that is, again, something that I think we expect more in the southern part of the country. There's still this attitude that the northern part of the country, Michigan, you know, in this case, is above the, the systemic racism that you expect more in states like Mississippi and Alabama. And it just, it simply isn't true. And I just think there needs to be more of a focus in schools and especially in, you know, colleges and universities that is really showing what we are still doing to African-American citizens in this country. 
Thank you again to Lee Young for sharing her work with me. To learn more about the undergraduate symposium, visit emish.edu forward slash symposium. You can find more from the Eastern Echo at easternecho.com and reach our podcast section via email at podcast at easternecho.com. Special thanks to Amy Berenger for her help with this series. This episode was written by myself, Kylie Gilligan, and produced by Ronia Isabel Kavansag. Thank you for listening to Symposium, and we'll hope you tune in again next Tuesday.